0: Welcome back, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 27th of June, and you're listening to another episode of the Foreign Agent Podcast with me, Mike Jones, your friendly foreign agent. And let's get into some of the headlines in Russia, where the narrative and story uh, still revolves around the fallout of the Wagner episode, let's call it, where the story in Lenta today is Lukashenko retold the beginning of a swearing conversation with Pregorzhin. According to Lukashenko, the first 30 minutes of the conversation with Pregorzhin was held in obscene language. At 1100, Pregorzhin instantly picked up the phone. That is, Yevkurov called him, gave him the phone. Here, the president of Belarus is calling, Will You Talk?, uh, they overheard the conversation, picked up the phone, and Yevgeny is in complete euphoria, Lukashenko said. According to the Belarusian president, the first half hour of the conversation was held exclusively in obscene language. There were ten times more swear words than normal vocabulary. Of course, he apologized and began to tell me with obscene words, so the head of state said. Uh, which, uh, okay, there's a interesting story there about that. Uh, interaction between Lukashenko and Yevgeny Prigozhin. Now, the stories about Wagner. Uh, actually, um, we've had President Putin also follow up uh, talking about the funding of the Wagner group. Specifically, uh, President Putin today at a meeting with the military said that the wagner group was fully provided for by the state according to him for the period of may 2022 to may 2023 the authorities sent wagner more than 86 billion rubles quote meanwhile i want to note and i want us all to know about this too the maintenance of the entire wagner group was fully provided by the state putin said Now, uh, if you, like me, listen to the excellent Judge Napolitano on Judging Freedom, if you listen to today's episode with Larry Johnson, Larry puts forward this hypothesis, or theory, that Yevgeny Prigozhin was acting as a double agent, and that uh, I reported yesterday that the US claimed they knew about this uh, stunt, let's call it, two weeks in advance. Larry believes that Yevgeny Prigozhin double-crossed the West uh, and was a double agent. Uh, I suggest you listen to Larry in his own words. The reason I reference this and bring this up is today, quite interestingly, we have the U.S. State Department promised to extradite Prigozhin at any opportunity. The United States intends to put forward demands for the extradition of Yevgeny Prigozhin if he ends up on the territory of a country with which the United States has an appropriate agreement. This information was reported by the official representative, Matthew Miller. And I just reference this. This is also a second article because the next one is where the US is calling for the uh, disbanding of the Wagner group. It just seems to me that they seem a bit butthurt and that maybe Larry has a point. Maybe they're feeling like they've been Sort of sold up the river, um, led on a goose chase here, and uh, Prigozhin has not fulfilled whatever was agreed. Uh, the State Department spokesman Miller said, US wants complete dissolution of Wagner PMC. I just wonder why now, today, Miller's coming out with these statements of what is a wish list, essentially. I don't see why the US, why it matters what the US wants. Uh, But it just seems to me that they're kind of following up on this. And it's kind of, for me, it gives some credence to what Larry was positing. But I'll leave that with you to discuss in the comments. President Putin has also made further statements today. He claims that Kiev has lost 259 tanks and 780 armored vehicles since the beginning of the counteroffensive. So I believe that's in reference to, let's say, the last four weeks. Kiev has lost 259 tanks, 780 armoured vehicles since the beginning of the so-called counteroffensive, And in the Orykovsky direction, in the last week alone, 41 tanks and 102 armoured vehicles, according to the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. Quote, now they just gave me updated information. Since the beginning of the so-called counter-offensive there, the enemy has lost 259 tanks, 780 armoured vehicles, and only in the Orykovskaya direction, which the enemy considers the main direction of attack. Over the past seven days alone, the enemy has lost 280 pieces of equipment, of which 41 tanks and armoured vehicles, 102. This is largely the result of your work and your comrades in arms, and for this, of course, separate words of gratitude, end quote, he said at a meeting with pilots in the Kremlin. It goes on to say the Ukrainian offensive in the yuzhna donetsk Zaporozhye, artyomovs directions began on June 4th, while the main blow of the armed forces of Ukraine was concentrated on the Zaporozhye sector of the front. And it goes on in further. Detailed links, of course, will be in the description. Russia, for the first time, has used a 20 ton drone, uh, a hotnik, which translates as hunter, in the zone of the special military operation. It goes specifically to say the Russian armed forces, for the first time, used the S 70 hotnik heavy attack drone to strike at military facilities of the armed forces of ukraine this is reported by the telegram channel mash with reference to the turkish media now many people don't hold mash in particularly high regard but photos have been shared of this particular model it's noted that the s70 could be used to strike at the objects of the armed forces of ukraine in the sumu region the channel published a photo that may be the first image of the hunter in the zone of special military operation. The S-70 Hotnik UAV made its first flight in 2019. It's believed that the mass of the drone is about 20 tons. The device can carry guided bombs, rockets, and freefall bombs in internal compartments and on external hardpoints. In August 2022, Peter Suchi, a columnist for the American edition of 1945, wrote that Russia is increasingly using drones in the MVO zone, and in 2023, Russian troops may use the S-70, so it appears that uh, 1945 may have got it right. In February of the same year, TASS, citing a source in the authorities, reported that in the Novosibirsk Aviation, aviation Plant, named after VP Chuklov, uh, Chuklov uh, would be modernized within five years. The company will produce a body for the production of the Okhotnik drones moving on and again uh, referencing um zagrad and i believe 1945 again a u.s army officer military expert stanislav krapivnik claims that a nuclear explosion is inevitable because the u.s has already decided according to stanislav krapivnik uh, a nuclear explosion is imminent in his opinion Everything has already been decided in the United States, and now a provocation is being prepared in Ukraine, which could become a prerequisite for a war between Russia and NATO. U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, a member of the Republican Party, warned that Russia would not be able to avoid a direct conflict with NATO if Russian troops used their nuclear arsenal during the Special Military Operation. Yuri Pronko, an economic observer for the first Russian, reported on the air of Zagreb. The quote here... Uh, from Stanislav, is uh, referencing Lindsey Graham and the main hawks in the United States who may try to engineer such a nuclear provocation. He says, These are people who have never served, whose children, grandchildren, relatives have never served and will never serve. They calmly play these games. For them, it's almost like a computer game. They won't be effective. At least, that's what they think. However, Graham and his ilk need a reason a reason for direct conflict with moscow the west is always trying to legalize any war in the eyes of the electorate in order to enlist its support goes on with a further quote they have already prepared the ground he claims now it remains only to wait for the ukrainians or the american or other western intelligence services to blow something up The states have already installed radiation sensors. Moreover, they do not think that Russia will actually launch a nuclear strike. They know that Moscow won't do it. Moscow is winning. Besides, why blow up the land, which, after all, will be part of Russia? But Washington needs this war. And you need it, as it were, a legal reason for war. In order to sell it to your people so that they support it. I very much hope that Stanislav is incorrect here but this is consistent with recent reports that i have shared of plans to attack the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant and that appears to be the focus where again yesterday i believe i shared on telegram reports of explosions in that area once more on the topic of blaming russia for everything russians are to blame is the quote poland accused russia of accelerating inflation in terms of price growth, Warsaw is ahead of all of Europe. Economists point to the failed economic course, exorbitant ambitions and the actions of the Polish central bank. And politicians, of course, blame Russia for everything. What is really happening there has been posted in RIA Novosti. New records. So last year, inflation in Poland, according to RIA Novosti, nearly tripled to 14.4%. In February, a record for 26 years, 18.4% in annual terms. Most of all, fuel and products have risen in price. It is difficult everywhere in Europe, but in Poland and the Baltic countries, it is especially bad. And they blame Russia for the economic problems, of course. Thus, a massive billboard hanging at the headquarters of the National Bank in Warsaw at the end of May assured that, quote, Moscow's invasion of Ukraine and the consequences of the coronavirus pandemic caused the fastest price increase in a quarter of a century, end quote. Well, I guess they got that half right, because uh, um, the pandemic certainly contributed uh, to that. Uh, added, this banner makes it clear that any accusations by the National Bank and the government are the Kremlin's narrative. Uh-huh. And he goes on to say themselves to blame. European inflation has fundamental reasons. The rise in the cost of energy and products, the depreciation, of the currency due to large-scale injections of money into the economy, as we saw in the pandemic, for instance. Stagnation was fought in a well-known way by lowering rates, thereby facilitating the availability of credit resources and warming up demand, plus handed out money to businesses and the public. Sad results were seen already in the middle of 2022, and Poland was no exception. Incidentally, President Duda had a sober assessment of the situation, quote, For example, during the coronavirus pandemic, we distributed money to entrepreneurs so that they could save their business and jobs. These funds paid by us, of course, should have caused inflation. We understood that. Most likely, this would be the case. But they preferred to provoke inflation rather than lose jobs, he said. In terms of price growth, Poland was in the top three of the EU back in 2021. Of course, the break with Russia also had an effect. Gazprom stopped deliveries due to refusal to pay in the rubles, which PGNiG considered a violation of contractual obligations. As a result, wholesale electricity prices on the Warsaw stock exchange soared to, uh, I believe, it's 1,000 Polish zloty per megawatt hour, up 160% from the 2021 average. Poland has been preparing for the termination of the contract with Gazprom for a long time implementing the projects of the Baltic pipe and the LNG terminal but the shock could not have be avoided it is more difficult for Warsaw to get resources than for the rest of the EU Now those of you listening in the UK will no doubt also sympathize with the Polish given that uh, the cost of living crisis that's being reported going on there uh, moving out to Finland wants to tighten entry restrictions for Russians. The Finnish government says it will continue to tighten entry restrictions uh, following a joint meeting of the country's president and the Ministerial Committee on Foreign Affairs and Security Policy. The meeting also addressed the issue of travel by Russian citizens to Finland and through Finland to the rest of the Schengen countries. The committee noted that travel by Russian citizens could further jeopardize Finland's international relations Therefore, restrictions on travel not related to urgent need uh, to prevent abuse, it says. Forgive the translation The statement said, without elaborating on other details. Sorry, that's why I paused there. I was thinking, wait, that doesn't actually make much sense. But I guess when it comes to Russophobia, it doesn't need to make much sense, does it? Um, oh, well, we've, we've talked about nuclear explosions. We even touched on the coronavirus pandemic. Well, unfortunately... Uh, It's been reported that 500 kilometers from the border of Russia has been discovered a case of the bubonic plague. This is in Mongolia. Uh, According to the National Center for for Zoonotic Infections of Mongolia, a case of human infection with plague was registered in the Bugatsoman of the Gobi Altai uh, in Mongolia, the press service specified. The territory where the case of the disease was recorded borders on China and is located at a distance of more than 500 kilometers from the Russian border. The risk of importing the disease from this territory is excluded, the report says. Well, fingers crossed uh, that doesn't uh, become the next issue that we have. If we move out into the wider world a little bit, here's an amusing tidbit that's being picked up in Gazetta.ru, citing Reuters. Reuters finds a bright spot in Trump's biography. <laughs> According to Reuters, of 46 U.S. presidents, only Trump did not have slave owners in his ancestors. It's noted that in its study, the agency was able to analyze the genealogy of more than 100 modern U.S. leaders, including presidents, governors, judges, and some congressmen. The study showed that all living U.S. presidents, including Biden, have at least one person who owned slaves among their ancestors. They are Barack Obama, Jimmy Carter george bush and bill clinton in contrast donald trump's ancestors moved to the u.s after the abolition of slavery in the u.s in 1865 trump's paternal ancestors came from germany in the early 20th century and the mother of the future president mary Ann mcleod mcleod came from scotland in 1930 now i have to say that uh, given my british ancestry it's probably highly likely that even i have an ancestor that probably dealt or traded in slaves at some point. But I thought that was quite an amusing little piece that the uh, Russian media is running, uh, citing Reuters. Finally, Italy announces anti-Semitism campaign in football stands. Italy bans players from wearing the number 88 as part of the fight against anti-Semitism. So never mind the fact that they're arming an actual Nazi regime in Kiev, uh, much to the uh, chagrin of the population... Uh, of those i've spoken to in italy but so it's fine to support them with weapons but we won't let people wear 88 on their football shirts good job italy the government's decision is part of a plan to combat anti-semitism it also provides for quote a ban on the use of by fans of symbols that may be reminiscent of nazism end quote club members are prohibited from using discriminatory language at all public events the procedure for the early termination of matches in case of discrimination will be determined. As it goes on to explain, among neo-Nazis, the numbers 88 mean two-eighth letters of the Latin alphabet, HH, and encrypt the Nazi salute. Uh, In March, Lazio issued a life ban from attending the club's home games to a fan who appeared on the podium in a Rome derby with Roma wearing an 88 T-shirt. So, uh, Nazism we've reported in the US, where Biden has talked about it, and now we appear to have it in Italy, it claims. Quite whether that's true, I don't know. Maybe Italians can comment further. But uh, that is about a wrap of all the news headlines I have for you in Russia today. Thank you ever so much for your support and listening across numerous platforms. Now you can enjoy this podcast on Google Podcasts um, and among many other uh, platforms where this is being distributed. Thank you for your support also on YouTube. Nearly a 1,000 subscribers in just one day. Oh, can we do 126,000 subscribers again? We shall see. Thank you, all, of course, to those of you on Patreon and locals and those of you who have very kindly donated to support my work via the Stripe links, which you can find in the description. So thank you all. I'll see you in the next one. bye bye